welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar who will be your host on this retrospective edition of Fake News. Today is the big day we're going to discuss what I think was the worst fake news story of last year, of 2021. But before I get to that, I just want to review for a few minutes everything that's happened in the past year, um, just to kind of just look back at the year, just a reflection. Most of these things I think you'll remember, but if you're someone who pays attention to the news, um, I think you'll remember most of these. What's shocking, though, is that pretty much, well, really everything I'm about to say, it's stuff that happened in the past 12 months. I just want you to think about the last 12 months going back to, well, I'm recording this on January 2nd, but to go back a year and a day ago, everything that's happened in the past 12 months. I think my voice will hold out today. Like I mentioned on the previous program, I was a little bit under the weather last week and I'm doing better. I really, I woke up feeling great today. And so I think I'll get through this, this program just fine. Um, but if, if my voice sounds a little weaker, that's, that would be the main reason is because I have been sick lately, um, but doing a lot better now. So Here's our 2021 review. If we went back a year and a day ago right now, Donald Trump was still president at the start of the year. And at that time, he was complaining that the election of 2020 was stolen. And I'm just going to point out real quick a note on that. Um, The claims that Trump and his lawyers, if you're one of those people who thinks that the election was stolen, I just want to point out the claims that Trump and his lawyers were making publicly about election tampering they are not the same claims that his lawyers went into court and made to judges. They made different claims publicly than they did legally. And uh, the legal challenges basically went nowhere. A few of them did overturned a, f- you know, a few votes on minor things, but there was not the widespread election fraud that he was claiming publicly. He misled a lot of people. Um, also, if we went back to January of last year, right at the start of the year, there was a follow-up election in Georgia because in the 2020 election, there had not been enough, no candidate had received enough votes to win the Georgia Senate seats. And so we had a follow-up election for both of those seats right at the start of 2021. Democrats won both of those seats. More on that later. Um, right after that, I think the day after actually, there was the storming of the Capitol that what's commonly called the insurrection, although that's a propaganda term, it wasn't an insurrection, but there was a riot, I would call it a riot at the Capitol or storming the Capitol. Um, so that happened. Everyone knows about that. In fact, our next episode on this show, it's going to be just a reflection on all the fake news surrounding the January 6th insurrection, because we're coming up on the year anniversary of that. So my next episode is going to be a reflection on the fake news around that event. So another retrospective coming your way. Uh, within the next week. So that happened at the start of 2021. And after that, Donald Trump and some other well-known conservatives were banned from social media. That was a theme that continued throughout the year. We call it cancel culture. We could, um, we could call it uh, big tech censorship. And that has continued. And it started with, it started before Trump, you know, Alex Jones and all them, some of the crazier ones a few years ago. All that was leading up to, they were paving the ground, paving the way so that they could eventually ban Donald Trump himself. They did so, and some other conservatives. I saw today, this is 2022, but I saw that Marjorie Taylor Greene had her account banned on Twitter, and she's a representative, one of the loony representatives. You know, she's a Republican. She's the media's favorite Republican right now because she's always saying wild and crazy stuff. And so, of course, that's the one that the media wants to shine a spotlight on to try to make all Republicans look like they're as crazy as Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't know any Republican who gives a crap about what Marjorie Taylor Greene says. <laughs> I don't know a single one. But the media thinks, you know, she has to be the representative for the whole party. So um, that has been a continuing trend. And that that started last year with Donald Trump being banned from social media. That's a major move as he was at the time he was still the sitting president of the United States. And yet Big Tech declared that he was too dangerous to be allowed to have a public platform. Um, then Trump was once again impeached. Again, some more on that later. Joe Biden was inaugurated president. He immediately killed an oil pipeline on like day one in office. There was an oil pipeline being 
built in America. That's what's caused our gas prices. One of the factors that's caused them to just climb over the, the rest of the year. That was just January of 2021, folks. <laughs> it was a crazy year. Here's some more from it. Um, Hamas attacked Israel with a series of rocket attacks, and Israel defended itself with the, uh, the Iron Dome pro rocket program that they have. So they defended themselves. And speaking of Israel, the longest-serving prime minister in Israel's history, which was Benjamin Netanyahu, um, he, uh, I think he, they had another election and he lost, so he's no longer the, the PM over there. That's, that's kind of a major deal. Russia hacked an American pipeline. That caused a temporary gas shortage. And then uh, COVID came out with a new album last year. It was called Delta. And so that was kind of the craze for a while was the Delta variant. Um, the, it was a year of, just to speak of COVID there, a year of lockdowns, scary authoritarianism across various countries, uh, especially like Austria. Uh, they've had some crazy stuff there. Germany's had some crazy dictator type of things going on there, all with the excuse of COVID. Australia... Man, Australia was a country that I would have loved to visit. It is the kind of country I could see myself like, not that I ever planned to move there. The kind of place that just looked like a fun place to live. Australia. Great place to live, I always thought. But they have had some of the harshest, most extreme COVID authoritarianism out of the whole world has been in Australia. And by the way, Australia, the citizens there have no guns. You know, they've bragged about that for years. That they are this, you know, free country that disarmed itself. They disarmed themselves and they've bragged for years about, oh, you know, we just don't have the shooting problems and all that, that, that other countries like America face. But you know what? They have no guns and they, now they have no freedom. The government has totally put its boot on the neck of the citizens in Australia. Scary stuff in Australia. I think that is the, it went from being a country, like if I were to move to any other country, one of them at the top of my list, move to the bottom, honestly. That's how bad it's been in Australia. They've gone totally extreme on, on lockdown control. Andrew Cuomo, he won an Emmy at the start of last year for his handling of COVID in New York. He was the governor of New York. <laughs> and despite the fact that for 2020, I'm almost certain New York had the highest death rate of any state in the whole nation in 2020. But Andrew Cuomo got an Emmy for it because he's a Democrat. By the end of summer, Cuomo was out. He was forced to step down as governor of New York due to sexual harassment claims. And then his brother, Chris Cuomo, he was also forced to resign in disgrace. Chris Cuomo was an anchor on CNN. I think it was also sexual harassment claims. And he was caught, he was caught aiding his brother in covering up Andrew's sexual harassment scandal. But then it turned out Chris had a few scandals of his own. So they both, both the Cuomo brothers... Two of the, honestly, two of the villains of 2020, as far as I'm concerned. Andrew Cuomo for how he handled COVID and Chris Cuomo for how he misreported on things like the, the Black Lives Matter riots. Um, uh, here's how pathetic Chris Cuomo is. Since he's out now, I'm not gonna really going to get a chance to talk about this probably ever again. But I just want to play this clip here. This is Chris Cuomo talking about why the Black Lives Matter riots that were burning down cities across America last year that went on all last year. I mean, two years ago now, sorry, in 2020. When, well, starting in May after George Floyd's death, Black Lives Matter protesters, Antifa protesters laid siege to America. Arson, looting, rioting, uh, vandalism, constantly. Here's what Chris Cuomo, here's what he had to say about it as an objective anchor over at CNN. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Yeah, to answer your question there, Chris, it's in the First Amendment. <laughs> you know, the First Amendment that gives you the right to go on TV and say whatever you want, the freedom of speech, it also gives the right to protest, it says in the First Amendment, to peaceably assemble, okay? If you're gonna assemble for a protest, you have to do it peacefully. There's no constitutional right to, to burn down a target or steal their Lego sets or TVs or whatever. There's no constitutional right to that. There's no constitutional right to burning down someone else's property. That's how dumb Chris Cuomo is. So the news is, uh, you know, the news we'd have to say is better off without him being part of it. Um, it's still, it was, he left CNN. CNN is still pretty, 
pretty low tier as far as a news source, <laughs> but, it, but it's slightly better now that Chris Cuomo is gone. And New York is perhaps slightly better that, that Andrew Cuomo is gone, although they have a new governor there and she might be worse. Um, okay. Speaking of politicians, though, California also had a special election. Gavin Newsom, he was reelected. He beat a black Republican named Larry Elder to be governor, still to continue as governor, really, for California. And the reason Newsom had to even do this special election, he was there is there was a fight to take away his governor's seat because he was already governor. There's there a petition that gained enough signatures to recall him because he had there's a whole lot, lot of reasons. He's just been a terrible person, terrible governor all around. But he was on the chopping block because he was enforcing these like really strict COVID guidelines on the citizens of California. But he himself was not following them. He was still going out to restaurants. He kept, he kept like, he shut down public schools, but he continued to send his own kids to private school. So he, that was part of the reason why a lot of people wanted him out of there because he was a hypocrite on all this COVID stuff. He was authoritarian on his own citizens and yet he wasn't following those rules himself, uh, like a lot of politicians. 2021 was a year of cancel culture. Dr. Seuss books were pulled from bookstores and libraries. Yes, Dr. Seuss, because they were supposedly racist. They said that he had harmful stereotypes in his books. Uh, I've looked at the pages myself of these supposedly harmful stereotypes, and to this day, I have not heard anyone explain to me how exactly they're harmful. Like, what is harmful about... And I don't know. Someone can, if you know what's harmful about what Dr. Sue said, please email us, explain to us, fierybutpeaceful at gmail.com. Let me know. I want to know, like, what was so harmful and dangerous about the supposed racial stereotypes in Dr. Seuss books? I need this explained to me because I don't get it. It's not something I see. Rush Limbaugh passed away in 2021. Um, Afghanistan happened. When I say Afghanistan happened, I mean... Biden pulled out of Afghanistan in a disastrous way over the summer. Uh, let me play a clip. This is something that Joe Biden said in 2007. 2007, 2008, I think it was 2007. This is what Joe Biden said about pulling out of Afghanistan in 2007. Then he actually did it in 2021 as, you know, he eventually he becomes president. This is, then he actually did it. Everything that he said would happen in 2007 about poor ways to pull out of Afghanistan, everything he said would happen, happened in 2021. Let me play this clip. How we end this war. And it makes a big difference to tell the American people the truth about what our options are in ending this war. If tomorrow the order goes out from the president, I'm president of the United States, I issue an order, end the war today, begin to withdraw all American troops. It will take a year to get the American troops out. Do you hear me now? That's the truth. It will take a year to get them physically out. Now, if you leave all the equipment behind, you might be able to do it in seven months. And you leave those billions of dollars of weapons behind, I promise they're going to be used against your grandchild and mine someday. Okay, did you hear that? So everything that Joe Biden said not to do in 2007, then he went and did it in 2021, it played out just as he said it would back in 2007. And then his defense, after everything went so bad in Afghanistan, his defense, oh, well, there's no way we could have seen this coming. <laughs> They're like, we never could have predicted that the Taliban would take over the country again that quickly. Uh, and then he got 13 soldiers killed, as well as several, like dozens of other civilians. And 13 American soldiers needlessly killed in Afghanistan. And who knows how many more people have died in Afghanistan since then because of the disastrous way he pulled out. And so in retaliation for when the Taliban killed some of the American citizens, some of the, some of the soldiers, in retaliation, the Biden administration authorized a drone strike, a drone strike on an SUV that they said had a group of terrorists inside. Turns out, no, the SUV just ended up being a civilian family. So they died for no reason. Just to try to make the... Biden administration look good. They're like, oh, we'll kill some terrorists in retaliation to show how tough we are. They killed an innocent family. That's the Biden administration, folks. And to this day, no one's been fired or resigned or demoted over that, over that needless drone strike of an innocent family. 
that Joe Biden did as a PR move. And, of course, the media is ignoring that, too. Los Angeles, or, sorry, I put L.A. on my notes, not Los Angeles. Louisiana. Louisiana was hit with a hurricane. Uh, it was, I think it was considered the worst hurricane since Hurricane Katrina. If you, if you forgot about that like I did, it's because the news has been so wild this year. L- this is all the stuff that's happened. This is just all until August. <laughs> this is just all until August. And then a few more things after August. Um, one, one fun thing. This is kind of a fun story. I mean, it was just CNN being fake news. But CNN went on this binge about ivermectin saying that it's a animal dewormer because people were using it to treat COVID. And they were just going, they just did this whole campaign. Lots of media sources did it about you shouldn't take ivermectin. It's an, it's a cattle medicine. It's a horse dewormer. And it's true that ivermectin is present in some cattle dewormers, but there's also human forms of ivermectin. Okay. So like Joe Rogan, he's a famous podcaster, which I guess that makes him my competitor since I'm a podcaster too. So my, my nemesis here, Joe Rogan. He got COVID and his his human doctor prescribed human ivermectin medicine. Okay. This is not a veterinarian. This was a doctor who treats humans. He prescribed it to Joe Rogan to help him get over it. It worked. Uh, it helped him at least. CNN. CNN reports that Joe Rogan is taking horse dewormer to fight off COVID. <laughs> so Joe Rogan... Um, Consider this, you know, practically libelous, and he invited CNN's medical correspondent. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. Is it Gupta? I can't remember. Uh, he had CNN's medical correspondent come on his podcast, and the medical correspondent from CNN admitted that CNN had falsely stated Joe Rogan took horse dewormer. So he admitted CNN lied. Then he goes back to CNN, and he went on the air again, and, and then they and they got him to say, oh, well, you know, ivermectin, it is a horse dewormer, so we didn't technically lie. You know, <laughs> so he, that is how fake CNN is. When they accidentally tell the truth somewhere, they got to, you know, immediately retract that because CNN is more comfortable um, living in lies than, than the truth. And, and speaking of which, um, I listened to a great podcast this morning. I listened to about half of it. Of the Joe Rogan podcast, I never really... I know he's a big famous podcaster. I haven't listened to, I've listened to like one of his programs a long, a while back. Um, but Joe Rogan had on, let me pull it up here. Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Robert Malone. Um, he is one of the people who developed MRNA vaccines, which is the type of vaccine that the COVID-19 vaccination from like Pfizer. It's, it's an MRNA vaccine. And so Dr. Robert Malone is one of the people who developed mRNA vaccines. And he's been asking questions about this COVID vaccine. He wasn't involved with creating the COVID vaccine, but he's been asking some questions about it. And the the questions he's been asking, casting doubt on the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccinations, they've gotten him kicked off of Twitter for, for vaccine misinformation. And he's one of the people who developed the type of vaccine that it is. And he's been kicked off of Twitter because they say he's spreading misinformation. So he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and, and was talking about that. Gives a lot of fascinating information. So I listened, I listened to about, I got up at like 6 a.m. I just woke up on my own, no alarm clock. Even my, my baby didn't wake me up today. Just woke up on my own, full of energy. Got up, uh, read for a little bit, read my Bible, read some books. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? No one else is up yet. So I started listening to this podcast. I'm just going to say you should go, Go listen to my arch nemesis, Joe Rogan, his Dr. Robert Malone podcast. Fascinating information. Stuff that, for some reason, the mainstream media and the social media don't want this information out there. And um, I just, it's really fascinating conversation. I've only listened to half of it, but it's been very fascinating. So I'd say go check that out if you got if you got some time. It's like a three-hour podcast. But um, don't know much about Joe Rogan. Honestly, I've listened to like one of his programs before this. Don't know much about him at all. But um, CNN made really practically slanderous comments about him that he almost had grounds to, I think, sue them for libel or whatever, but or slander on CNN because they were saying he took horse dewormer. Absolutely not true. Um, ivermectin. Two, two scientists received a Nobel Prize in 2015 for using ivermectin to treat diseases in humans. 
But CNN is obsessed with making its viewers believe that ivermectin is just a cattle dewormer. That's how the mainstream media makes you dumber. They want you to be stupid. That's what they want. But you're only stupid if you believe them. So don't believe them. Go, go, get, the, go get the facts straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> go listen to that interview with Dr. Robert Malone. Fascinating stuff. By the way, in the past month, just speaking of CNN, not only have they lost their, their Cuomo host for sexual assault allegations, um, they've lost two producers at CNN because both producers were caught in the sexual abuse of children. Two in the same month. Like, how many producers does CNN even have? I don't know. It's just, it's wild that, like, two of them have been caught sexually abusing children in, like, a month's time, as well as losing one of their main hosts, Chris Cuomo. And, you know, also last year, someone who was accusing Don Lemon, another CNN host, someone accused him of sexual assault at, a like, a bar last year. And um, But they went public with the story this year. So, I don't know. If you want a job at CNN... Like, do you put a list of all the people you've sexually assaulted on your resume? Does that help you get the job? Because I don't know how many, I don't know how do they get so many of these perverts under one roof. And it's not just CNN. I mean, a lot of people in media, Chris Matthews, Bill O'Reilly, Matt Lauer, they all got like me too over the past few years. But this seems like a high concentration of it at CNN. Thank you to Project Veritas, by the way, for exposing those producers over at CNN. Project Veritas, who they themselves have also been kicked off Twitter. Mainstream media news calls them fake all the time. They are the ones who alerted police to the fact that CNN's producers were abusing children. They're the ones who put that out there. They found that story. I don't know how they get these scoops, but they they found that out. So thank you to them. Texas also in 2021 passed an abortion law that made abortions after six weeks illegal. And this has gone to the Supreme Court. Uh, decision on that coming later in 2022. Some are hopeful that it's going to overturn overturn Roe versus Wade. And um, personally, I don't expect that that'll happen. I mean, I wish it would happen. Uh, I don't expect that'll happen. Well, I don't think SCOTUS is going to do something that that what would be perceived as that radical at a time when Democrats have a Senate majority. I hope they do, but I just don't think they will this year. So let's hope I'm wrong about that. And then Virginia had an election where um, Republicans swept the top three seats in that Virginia election. Republicans saw a lot of gains across the country. And so many people see this as a huge indicator that Republicans are going to reclaim the House and Senate uh, coming up in 2022. And that's not really a surprise because like the party that controls the White House, they tend to do poorly at the midterm elections. So that, that's just kind of typical. That's news as usual. So that's what they expect to be coming for 2022. And, you know, I did some predictions a few weeks ago on the show. I did some political predictions about 2022. I'm still standing by him. Like, I still, <laughs> if Joe Biden is still president a year from now, I'm, I'm honestly, I would be more surprised by that than the idea that he steps down in the next year. Like, I still think that's going to happen. I could be wrong. I'll say I'm terrible at predictions. I'm personally not, <laughs> like, right now, it looks like the COVID stuff, it looks like Omicron has kind of broken the COVID hold. That, that was over so many people because it's kind of a natural vaccination that it's a very mild form of COVID and, and people get it and then they get the antibodies and they can go back to life as usual. So it looks like Omicron might be a variant that brings an end to the pandemic. So that it's looking like that. That's how I think it looks. But don't take my word for it because I've predicted, like I thought the pandemic stuff was going to end you know, I thought it was going to last about three months back when it started in March of 2020. I was like, oh, okay, well, probably by summer it'll heat up and we'll go back to life as normal. And then it didn't. And I thought, oh, well, after the election, it'll go back to life as normal. And then it didn't. So I'm not really good at predicting a lot of stuff. Um, but again, it looks like I think we're at the end of the pandemic. So we'll see. Maybe I'm cursing it by saying that. But we'll we'll see. Um, you know, and as far as my predictions go, I, I predicted Nancy Pelosi would step down this year. Um, because she's not going to be House leader after November. And that was the one prediction out of all the predictions I made. That was the one I was most sure of. And now she's she's stated that she's not going to step down this year. So she still could, but she stated she's not going to. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see. But um, I might be wrong about that one. And that's the one I was the most sure of, because I thought she'd want to go out on top. You know, 
She's been in Congress forever. Not going to be speaker anymore after this year. I thought she'd want to go out on top, but um, looks like she <laughs> would rather... Well, she's trying to be loyal to her party. Um, she's trying to, to not give up hope just yet that the Democrats are going to lose bad this year. Although everyone kind of knows they are. But she's trying to stand by her party and be like, oh, I'm not going to jump ship too. So um, anyway, uh, Virginia... Like I said, they had that election. Republicans did really well in it. And Republicans have their highest polling lead heading into an election year that they've had in decades. And part of that, uh, really the main thing, is that um, it's just the unpopularity of Biden right now. Not just that he's in power, but things have gone so poorly ever since Democrats got an opportunity to take over this year. Inflation has skyrocketed. Uh, Biden has been an absolute failure on foreign policy, even bigger than Obama was. This was something, Trump was actually excellent at foreign policy. That's why they didn't want to talk about it in the 2020 election. But he did excellent on foreign policy. And so it was something that was always a big issue every presidential election I can remember. And then this time around, nobody was talking about it because everything with foreign policy was just going so smoothly. Well, part of that is because Trump did so awesome at it. And now we see what happens when you get someone else back in power, like like someone from the Obama administration, Joe Biden. Foreign policy is awful right now. And then Biden also abandoned his responsibility on the border. He's not restrained immigration well at all. We've had record immigrant crossings. He made a lot of false promises about coronavirus that, you know, those of us with brains in 2020, we knew they were false promises. We knew he was lying, but a lot of other people believed him. And now they're disappointed because they're realizing how much he lied. I have a program coming up also on presidential lying. <laughs> we'll talk about that. And speaking of coronavirus, we had more deaths from the virus in 2021 than we did in 2020. Now, just think about that for a minute. In 2021, when we had a vaccine and we had had a year of previous data that could help us in fighting COVID-19, okay? As opposed to 2020, when Trump was president, he had no vaccine. He had to create it. He had to figure out the science on COVID from scratch, all right? And yet America did worse fighting coronavirus in 2021 when they had all those advantages. And by the way, Trump in 2020, whenever by the time he had presided over 200,000 plus deaths, Biden said nobody who had let that many American citizens die should be president. He blamed Trump. He said Trump was responsible for all those deaths. Well, guess what, Joe Biden? Okay, now we are up to over 800,000 deaths, and most of those have been under his presidency. When he had the vaccine, when he had all the data that he could use to fight the, the coronavirus, the, the COVID-19, more people died under his leadership. Biden lied, people died. And 2021 had one last swipe to take at us. Betty White passed away at age 99, she passed away on the last day of the year, just a few weeks before her 100th birthday. Now, I was pretty hopeful about 2022, but now I'm wondering why Betty White bailed out on it before it could get here. Like, what did she know that we don't? I guess we'll find out. And I'll mention this too. I think the biggest story of the past few months was the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Um, this and all the COVID lying going on, I think all that stuff has opened a lot of people's eyes to media manipulation. I saw a lot of comments being shared about how people, they thought that Kyle was guilty back in 2020, back back when the Black Lives Matter movement was going on, you know, really strong, and there's a lot of emotion all around everything, and the media told them that he was guilty. But as the trial took place this, this past year in November, and all the facts were just reviewed, a little bit less emotionally, all the facts were reviewed for the public to see, a lot of people recognized that they had been lied to in 2020. And despite the facts being reviewed once again, and despite a jury finding Kyle innocent on all accounts, the media has just continued to repeat the lies about Kyle, calling him a murderer, calling him a white supremacist. Um, the media is just continuing. They're doubling down on the lies. And then when Jesse Smollett was found guilty of faking a hate crime hoax against himself, uh, well, the hoax... The hoax was that he faked a hate crime. So he faked a hate crime against himself in Chicago. That was a few years ago. But his trial was in December. Again, the media doubled down on the lies about him. They lie that Kyle is guilty and they lie that Smollett is a victim. 
a year of incredible news was also a year of fake news. So that was your that was your review of a bunch of stuff from 2021, just a bunch of events. And and now I'm I'm going to get in a few minutes to the fakest news story of 2021. But and, and by the way, that this news story that I saved for today because I want to spend a little extra time talking about it as compared to the last program. I went through on the last program four of the top five fakest news stories of 2021. But today I was saving the last one for this its own program as we just one last time look over the whole year. There's this one story that I consider a greater threat to our country and our society than honestly anything else that happened last year. And yet I've seen almost no discussion about this. Um, in general, I would say there's no greater threat to our society and democracy itself than the lying media. Because the media out there is what causes you to hate your neighbor. The media is what causes mobs of people to burn down their neighborhoods. The media is what causes people to storm the Capitol. The media is not your friend. In fact, just before I get into the fakest news story of 2021, here's just a series of fake news disasters from the past year. These are like the runners-up. Um, or is it runner-ups? I want to say runner-ups, but I have a feeling it's runners-up. So anyway, I want to be like CNN. I'm just going to say the thing I, the way that I want to, even if it's not right. Here are the runner-ups for the fakest news awards. These are the things that didn't make it into my top five, but I think they just deserve to be mentioned again. So let me give you some runner-ups. And then after that, we'll get to the fakest news story of 2021. So one thing that happened in 2021 in April, there was a black girl, young black girl named Micaiah Bryant. And she was shot by cops while trying to kill another teenager with a knife. So she was holding a knife trying to stab someone else and a cop shot her to defend the other girl who was unarmed. When the media reported this, they tried to leave out as many details as possible. It's just, oh, a cop shot a black girl. They, they, they killed a black girl, a teenager. A lot of media outlets said that she was unarmed or they just didn't mention the fact that the girl was wielding a knife at the time of the shooting. New York Times reported that she was unarmed. And this was despite the fact there was body camera footage that was instantly available of the whole ordeal. You could see in the video that the girl who was shot was holding a knife. And in the right, this cop was amazing. He shot her right as she was about to try to kill another person. He saved a life by stopping a murderer. And the New York Times reports that the girl who was, who was ended up being shot, the attempted murderer, the, the, news, the New York Times reported that she was unarmed. In spite of the video evidence to the contrary, NBC, they, um, they edited the 911 call that led to the shooting. They played the 911 call that, that led to the shooting, and they omitted the part where the person in the call was talking about a girl trying to stab other people, which was part of the story. That's why the cop was there in the first place. And then the girl did try to stab someone in front of the cop, and he shot her. So that was one piece of fake news, which is kind of like the, a lot of the Black Lives Matter fake news that we saw. Uh, also, in, in August, CNN, they aired a story about a woman named Dasha Kelly. She claimed to be the single mother of three children, and they were concerned that they were going to be evicted from their home because there was this federal moratorium on evicting people because they said it was because of COVID. So CNN runs a story about this woman who's about to be kicked out of her home and not be able to take care of her three kids anymore. They also promoted a GoFundMe account, which was supporting the woman, and it raised approximately $230,000. However, shortly afterward, after all this, it turned out the woman that they that they put on the news, she was not actually the mother of the three children. <laughs> she was their father's girlfriend, and she went on the news program and lied. And CNN had done nothing to confirm that what she was talking about was true, apparently. And then something else that happened in September... There was this photo of border agents. Um, they were trying to control a crowd of migrants who were trying to come into the country. I think they were trying to cross a river. And this this photo went viral because the way that the camera angle was, it appeared that the border agent, he's riding a horse, and it appeared that he had a whip. Now, he wasn't holding a whip. This was just based on the way that the camera angle looked. 
people said, oh, it looks like he has a whip and that he's trying to whip that immigrant. Well, <laughs> this, this photo was shared along with an article from the El Paso Times. It was promoted by various Democrat politicians and people in the media that this was horrifying, repulsive, um, that border agents, border patrol agents are whipping immigrants as they try to cross into America. The reality, he was just holding the reins of his horse. There was no whip. He had no whip. He was just holding the reins of his horse. He wasn't whipping the guy with the reins. He was just holding his horse's reins. The photographer who took the image, he said, no, nobody was whipping anyone. It was just a false news story based on someone's photo that got shared around the world. And I mean, the Biden administration even pretended to believe the lie. They knew it was fake, but they said, oh, they sent the border agents home for a little while. And they said they were launching an investigation <laughs> into their policies. Instead of just telling the truth, hey, this was not a whip. You know, they were just riding their horses and holding the reins. No, they pretended that they believed it because this is what the Democratic mobs out there wanted to believe was true. Um, a few other things that happened uh, in November. Uh, so this guy looking into the Russia investigation from a few years ago, John Durham, he charged... Uh, Igor Dachenko, he was a source on the thing called the Steele dossier. I know I've just thrown a bunch of names out there. If you didn't follow the, that story very close, you know, you're not going to understand what I'm talking about. That's okay. I'm not going to try to like piece it all together today because it's such a complicated thing. But basically, when when there was an, an investigation launched into the false claims that Trump was a Russian asset. Remember, for years we heard about Russia, Russia, Russia. Donald Trump's working for Russia. They helped him steal the election in 2016. Well, the FBI and I think other like government authorities, they were surveilling Trump and looking into him using the, their basis to get a search warrant against Trump and to spy on him was this thing called the Steele dossier. So this was the most famous piece of information that formed the basis for an investigation into Donald Trump. From the very beginning, people in conservative media pointed out this thing is junk. It's full of false information. It had numerous errors throughout it. But the liberal media constantly cited it as their source for their belief that Trump was a Russian stooge. In fact, the Washington Post, it received Pulitzer Prizes for its reporting on the Steele dossier. Well, this past year, in November, just very recently, um, someone investigating all these claims has charged one of the sources in it, in the Steele dossier, with lying about it. So it's now it's now these news sources that got prizes like the Washington Post. They've had to go back and correct like over a dozen of their articles. Um, one of them part published in March 2017, one published in February 2019, had to have large portions removed after they won prizes for it because it said the Post could no longer stand by the accuracy of the elements of their stories. <laughs> and now the media is pretending oh, we never really believed in the Steele dossier. We always knew it had problems. You know, when they were the ones pushing it and giving themselves pats on the back for it in the first place. So I know that's a big, complicated story, but just some more stuff has came out the past year of exposing more of the fake news. And then media, uh, they or another story from the past year, they insisted that critical race theory is not taught in schools. They've had numerous narratives about critical race theory. You know, one of their narratives is that it's just a legal theory. It's complicated. It's college level. It's not being taught in elementary schools. Well, if that's true, then why are they throwing a fit whenever Republicans want to ban it from being taught in schools? If they say it's just being taught in college courses and not elementary schools, why do they care so much when Republicans say, okay, well, let's just pass a, pass a law that says you can't teach it in elementary schools and we're all good. So then they say, oh, okay, well, it's it is taught in elementary schools, but it's just learning about history. It's just learning about slavery. Okay, well, I, as someone who did go to public school in elementary school, I did learn about slavery there, as a lot of kids today learn about slavery in school. So I guess that means by their definition that CRT is taught in schools. So their defenses just don't make sense. Their defenses, their narratives compete with each other. They contradict. They both can't be true at the same time. And add this to the fact that many teachers have pledged, you know, in, on TikTok, on, by signing online petitions, they've pledged that they're going to teach CRT in their classrooms regardless of what the government says. So anyway, when people in the media try to claim that CRT, critical race theory, is not being taught in schools, they're just lying to you. 
And then one more runner-up today. Um, just the inflation is being downplayed or ignored by, by media. Um, you know, I'm going to skip that because economics is kind of boring. Um, but anyway, that's just a series of runner-ups, runners-up, however you say it. Thank you to Fox News for helping with that compilation. Um, I relied on them for some of the reporting here because they had this news article at the end of last year. It was just a compilation of fake news from over the year. CNN also had a compilation of fake news. It's called The Search Bar. All right. um, Now I want to talk about the biggest, fakest news story of 2021. It's finally time to unveil what I believe is the fakest news story of last year. And I got to set it up a little bit first. As I've said, I think this is the most damaging fake news story in our society from the whole year of 2021. And yet this is one that many people often don't talk about. So when I explain it here in a minute, and, and I'm just going to say, if it doesn't sound that sexy to you, if you're like, well, that that was a that was a bust. Let me just say, let me at least make my case for why I think this was so damaging. I want I want to explain the context for this story for a minute. We got to go back to the 2020 election. You know, after Trump lost the 2020 election, he went on a whining binge for a few months. He made a bunch of claims about tampering with election machines, about mail-in ballots, about poll watchers and so forth. And look, personally, I believe there's a lot of sketchy stuff with the mail-in ballots. Like, I don't think we should be using them, period. They opened the door far too wide for fraud. And I did see that there were some poll watchers who were not being treated properly in that election. And I agree, it looked very suspicious when all the vote counting would just suddenly stop in the middle of the night on election night and they told people to just go to bed and that they would count a few more votes the next day and then just stop again by 1 p.m. and start again the next day. And election day turned into election week. It all looked very suspicious. I think that should never happen again. So I agree that there's a lot of sketchy stuff that went down. And I would say if your vote hasn't been received in the mail by election day, your vote doesn't get to count as far as I'm concerned, because you had months to mail it in. If you waited to the last minute, then that's your fault. But I, and I would say vote counters don't get to go home until all the votes are counted. I don't care if it takes till, till three or four in the morning, then you don't get to call it quits at 2 a.m. when you only need a few more hours. So there's some real problems with our election system. Okay, I would say that. But despite all that, despite all the problems, okay, despite the few minor instances of poll watchers that were being mistreated, there was just simply no evidence ever put forward that thousands upon thousands of votes were switched on machines or that there was that there was really major fraud in the election. Okay? Audits were done, fraud was not found. Donald Trump's legal team, they would have needed to find tens of thousands of voter fraud in like several different states, at least three or four different states. If they wanted to overturn the election, they would have had to find tens of thousands of voter fraud in a bunch of states in order to overturn it. And they couldn't find more than a few hundred. I don't think they even found a thousand per state that they could overturn. So Trump spent all of December, 2020, just whining about this, telling people that our voting system is rigged, telling people that there's no point in voting at all, okay? And remember, in early January 2021, which was a year ago this week, there was an election in Georgia for two Senate seats. And listen, if Republicans had taken either one, just at least one, of these Senate seats, they could have stopped every last thing that Joe Biden wanted to do in Congress for this year. They could have. But instead, Republicans stayed home on Election Day of that special election because Trump told them to. And now Joe Biden has his majority. It's an extremely narrow majority, but he got it because Trump made the 2020 election all about himself and he was willing to screw over everybody else in his party. He's willing to screw over that Georgia special election. Okay. That was Trump's fault. I hold him responsible for that because he told people to stay home. He told people their votes wouldn't matter anyway. He's making it about himself and how he lost when the Republicans were set up so well to win in that state. Like they had already had the majority back in November. They just didn't have enough votes to win because you had to get over 50% and they didn't have that. So they already had the majority of the votes though. 
and they, I mean, sorry, they already had more votes than the Democrats did. They were well positioned to win, but Trump told people to stay home and they narrowly lost those Georgia elections. Congress, the, after that Georgia election, the day after, Congress met to finalize the election. Trump tried to urge several members of Congress to resist finalizing the election, but, you know, it was too late. They were, like, certifying it or whatever, but it was too late by then, really. After two months of claiming that the election was rigged, Trump never provided enough evidence to prove it. And like I said before, he and his legal team, they would go out in public and make these ridiculous claims. Then they went into court and they made tiny little claims. But if you, if you listening right now, if you believe the ridiculous claims, that, that was your own fault because you weren't paying attention to everything the Trump's legal team was doing. They weren't true. And Trump never should have told Georgia voters to stay home on election day because their votes wouldn't matter anyway. That was a cataclysmic, horrible thing to say. Like I said, Republicans only needed to win one of those seats. They totally could have won both. Instead, he handed Georgia and the United States Senate over to the Democrats for two years. So that all led to, on January 6, 2021, while Congress was supposed to be finalizing the election, a mob of people stormed into the Capitol. Okay, they call it an insurrection. It was not. They were just a mob of stupid people doing property damage. Now, by the way, I'm totally fine with charging them to like the full extent of the law. Like, I literally don't care if you threw each one of them in prison for 20 years. Honestly, I don't. I, they're getting like four or five sentence, four or five year sentences in prison. Um, the ones who have came out already and been sentenced. Personally, I think that's too little. Like, they trespassed on government property. They behaved terribly. I wouldn't care if you threw them in prison for 10 or 20 years. But anyway, despite all that, okay, I don't downplay what they did. I would make their punishment more severe. I don't downplay what they did at all. I don't, I don't believe it was an insurrection, but that's just because it wasn't. But as far as what they did, it was terrible what they did. But I have to say this. Despite... How terrible what they did was, and despite how badly Trump acted after the election, the fact is Donald Trump did not tell them to invade the Capitol. He told them to stand outside and peacefully protest. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. He said specifically, peacefully. So I don't blame him for the raid on the Capitol itself. I mean, I do blame him for creating this atmosphere that caused people to think that was necessary to go in and do that. But I don't blame him for the raid on the Capitol itself because that is not something he told them to do. They got out of control. And we'll talk about this on the next program. You know, they could have been also instigated by some FBI agents who were among the crowd because it's pretty much confirmed that there were FBI agents in there as part of that mob that seemed to be encouraging people to go into the Capitol. So there's I think there's some blame to go around. Plus, there's some other factors that went into this that we'll talk about on the next program. But I don't blame Donald Trump personally for that event. I do blame him. I hold him responsible for creating the atmosphere that did kind of lead to this. So the protesters were driven out and arrested. One person died. We'll talk about that too on the next program. Trump was impeached over this for instigating the riot. And like I said, I don't believe the riot itself is Trump's fault. He's on video telling the crowd to peacefully protest. The Democrats impeached him for instigating the riot and for one other thing. So as I just said, even though I put a lot of blame on him for a lot of things, he was quite literally not guilty of instigating the riot. Democrats want to ignore this, that, that he did say to peacefully protest. They want to ignore that. They impeached him anyway. And they also impeached him for one other thing. So what was the other thing? Well, they impeached him for a phone call that he made to Georgia officials. This was reported in the Washington Post. Okay. So the fakest news story of 2021, it's this story reported in the Washington Post in early January claiming that Donald Trump told a Georgia investigator to find the fraud. Uh, supposedly, this call took place on January the 2nd. They said that Donald Trump made threatening comments if they did not find the fraud.
to overturn the Georgia election about about himself. He didn't care about the Senate race. He was just talking about himself trying to get his own um, electoral votes in that state over, you know, switched over to him. So Washington Post reports that he was threatening them to find the fraud. I don't know what the original headline was because they changed it once it turned out this was not true. They changed it in March when it turned out to be false. Okay, so the story went that Trump called down to Georgia and he demanded the state officials find however many, like however many thousands of votes that he needed in order to overturn the election in that state that he was telling them to, to find that and threatening them. Now, when I first read it, when I first read this back in like January, my first thought, this was before he had even been impeached over it. My first thought was like, wow, if Trump ever deserved to be impeached for something, like it was this. Because he shouldn't be trying to force officials to change the outcome of an election to benefit himself. That's a very, you know, totally inappropriate use of the office of the president to try to change the election outcome in a state after the fact. I never agreed with any of Trump's other impeachments. Like, but I remember the first time I read this story, I remember thinking, well, yeah, if Trump did, if he ever did one thing that deserved impeachment, it would have to be this. And he was impeached over it. If you read the articles of impeachment that the House of Representatives ended up putting forward that month, they cited this January 2nd event as a reason for Trump to be impeached because he told the Georgia officials to find the fraud and threaten them. And it was the one thing I could have agreed that Trump should be impeached over. However, turned out to not be true. So in January, they impeached Trump. In February, they did another Senate trial over all this. And then in March, it turned out that their find the fraud call was made up. The real audio of that call finally came out. And it did not match what the Washington Post reported back in January. It did not match what the House of Representatives impeached Donald Trump for. The actual audio just had Trump telling the investigator that she would be seen as a hero if she, if she found the truth, and then he told her she should look at Fulton County, check that for fraud, okay? Now, again, I think Trump should have let it go by that point. I think he should have just sucked it up and conceded the race. But it was not at all, like, I don't think that it was great for him to be making this call in the first place, but it was not at all the way the Washington Post had framed it, okay? He didn't threaten her. <laughs> he didn't... He didn't tell her, uh, the person he was talking to, the Georgia investigator working with the Secretary of State office there, he didn't tell her to find the fraud. The Washington Post lied. They lied. And then this January 2nd phone call was used as evidence to impeach a president over something that the Washington Post lied about. That is what I think is super damaging to our democracy. That's why I call this episode The Washington Post is a threat to our democracy. How did they get this so wrong? They relied on a single anonymous source. Now that's dangerous because a single person who says something anonymously with no fear of repercussions, you simply just cannot trust them to tell the truth. Okay, especially about something this explosive. Especially about something that can get a president impeached, which it did. Okay, more on anonymous sources in a minute, but let me let me just play this montage. I'm gonna grab a drink. The program's almost done. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a drink and I'm gonna play this montage of a bunch of people reporting on this story, which we found out was false. Okay, this is what they were saying about it back in like January of 2021. In March 2021, the real audio came out and and turned out that this was false. Here's a montage of people. Another week, another call. NBC News confirming that President Trump called Georgia's chief elections investigator to, quote, find the fraud, saying that official would be, quote, a national hero. President Trump personally called Georgia's lead in elections investigator and demanded that person produce evidence which didn't exist and, quote, find the fraud adding that if they did so, they would be a, quote, national hero. The Washington Post reported yesterday that President Trump called a Georgia election investigator and pressured him to, quote, find the fraud. And President Trump apparently pressured an election investigator to find the fraud. Again, not the phone call out of Georgia, another one. We now know of um, a second, there's so much, uh, a second call from President Trump 
to Georgia officials about trying to overturn the election. Uh, he reportedly told uh, an elections investigator in Cobb County to, quote, find the fraud. Okay. I think my voice will do a little better now for the rest of the program. So it wasn't just the Washington Post who reported this. It was ABC. It was NBC. It was USA Today. It was CNN. It was Vox. And they all claimed that they had independently verified this information. In reality, they all just asked the same anonymous source. A source who lied. But they said, well, this source said it. And the Washington Post said it. So it must be true. We've confirmed it. No, the source lied. And the Washington Post was just parroting them. There were never two people who had knowledge of this call who both said the same thing. And then the recording came out. And it it showed the anonymous source had lied. So the lesson we learned from this, never ever trust a news source who just uses a single anonymous source for anything. Because it may be true, and it may not, but we just can't know. So you, as a person who reads the news, when you see anonymous source and someone's not going to put their name on what they're saying, you have the right to just totally disregard whatever is being reported. Okay? Again, it might be true, but it might not. And there's just no way of knowing because it's anonymous. And if there's only one person anonymously saying something, you can't know if it's true. And Congress definitely shouldn't be impeaching a president over it. Now, we know impeachments are just political, really, anyway. They're not really about facts. <laughs> They're not about the law. So, really, all this did was give the Democrats an excuse to do something that they wanted to do anyway. And you could say Trump could have been impeached after the, the insurrection deal, which I don't believe was an insurrection. But, I mean, you could have said he'd be impeached over it anyway, if, even if they didn't have this call. You know, pro probably so. We'll never, we'll never know for sure. But the fact is, in Washington, D.C. right now, there are articles of impeachment that were passed against a sitting president of the United States, which have outright falsehoods written into them because of this false reporting from the Washington Post. Because they relied on an anonymous source who lied to them. Now, I used to be a reporter myself. I occasionally used anonymous sources, okay? Sometimes... We could not run some articles, even when they were really juicy and when they could have gotten fired, when they, even when they could have gotten people fired and when they were 100% true because I knew. But if I only had anonymous sources, if I couldn't get anybody to go on record to tell the truth, everybody just wanted to be anonymous, then we just didn't run it because we did not consider that to meet our threshold of proof. Now, I understand why people want to be anonymous on some things. You know, I understand they don't want to get fired or get in trouble or something. I understand that. But as a reporter, you can't just report something because an anonymous source is willing to say it at no risk to himself or herself. All right. And I learned that in college. Washington Post learned that this year. I hope they learned it. I hope they learned their lesson. They probably don't care. They're in it to make money. They're in it to sell papers. They're in it to get clicks. They're in it to try to get a president impeached that they don't like. I don't think they honestly care about the truth. But hopefully they learned a lesson about that this year. Hopefully you and people in America who probably don't remember this story because it just blew over so quick. And I think it was the major scandal of last year. Hopefully you learned something about your own threshold of proof whenever you're reading the news. Whenever you're looking over what's being reported about someone. Whether you like that person or not. Are you going to believe it just because an anonymous source said so at no risk to themselves? Because here's why I say this is so damaging to our society. A president was impeached over this. The phone call was cited in the articles of impeachment against a president. History was made over this based on a lie because of an anonymous source in the Washington Post. Democrats said all the time that Trump was a threat to our democracy. The Washington Post is literally a threat to our democracy. Their masthead at the Washington Post, it says, democracy dies in darkness. I thought that was just a slogan. I didn't realize that was their mission statement. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor. And by the way, if you hear that Joe Rogan has worms, that's just fake news.
Thank you.